0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Nerd Unscripted. This is your host, Tony Ladig, and welcome to 2019. We finally made it. And uh, this, of course, is our first show in the new year. <clears throat> and so, given that we often have these uh, New Year's resolutions and see a new year as an opportunity for change and all of that, I thought it would make sense for us to actually talk about change, and uh, it's not um, just FYI. Um, we're not talking about change from the perspective of I'm changing the show, or you know I'm retiring, or anything like that. Um, nothing further from the truth. Um, Nerd Unscripted is going to continue this year. I have no uh, back-end timeline on it, so it'll go until it's done, whatever that even means. Um, I have no idea. Um, But I still have things that I think can be fun to share, and I love the discussion aspect of it. Uh, Pardon me. And um, one of the things that's been fun about this show is that it gives me an opportunity To um, talk about stuff that I can't normally talk about, you know, in a business setting. It's just not appropriate or whatever. Um, But I appreciate um, being able to talk about things that I still find curious or enjoy discussing or whatever. And you guys actually show up. (laughs) Because I know a lot of you are weirdos just like I am. And I, I say that with all due respect and love (laughs) But anyway, so I've thought a lot about change. I mean a lot of us I think um, Look at change. It's something that we go through every single day You know, we're constantly changing in some form or another even though it doesn't necessarily seem that way sometimes Um, So I'm not talking about us growing older or you know those kinds of changes that just naturally happen um, what I've been giving a lot more thought to is more from the perspective of why do I not do certain things, you know, and uh, I got an email coaching question from Liz. I noticed that Liz is here uh, yesterday, which I'm going to be answering after the show is over, um, but, you know, about not doing things um, that you're unaware of and, and all of that is very, very interesting question. Um, but usually at the end of every year, I always take time to assess where I am, where I want to go, where I've been, what I've liked and not liked about it. And if there are are any changes that I need to make, I love change. Um, as long as I'm in control of it, (laughs) I was talking to my mom over breakfast today and, uh, this year will be, um, 10 years, uh, on February 2nd, since my dad passed. And it's just, it's crazy to think that it's been that long already. Um, and that was, uh, a period of time which many of you are well aware of. And, uh, it was, it was tough because, um, Over the course of a month, um, my divorce with my first wife was finalized. My dog died. My daughter moved away. My dad died. My uncle died. My cousin died. My grandfather died. All in under 30 days. And uh, that's a lot of change (laughs) for anyone. And... uh, What was really interesting about it was that I remember very, very vividly that period of time because even though I don't have a problem with change, um, that kind of change is often beyond our control. You know, we can't help it when people pass or, you know, whatever. And I recall it just driving me crazy. And I think it was just It was overload um, just from a grieving process because I'd never really been through grief like that before. Um, And so at first I was kind of resistant to the notion because I can be a bit of a control freak. And I figured out how to use that in a very positive light in my life and business. But um, I don't like it when stuff, you know, when I'm being bounced around by um, events that I can't control in any way and we all have to face that i mean it's just part of life but um that p- particular time was was major overload time for me personally um as you would imagine i think it would be for anyone um you know especially when your family ends up being you know four people less than what it was you know the previous month um but I learned a lot about myself in walking through that period of time, which was very much a dark night of the soul. Um, But one of the things that I actually learned the most is the importance of embracing change. And, you know, very often we view change as um, especially uh, change that is personally introduced into our lives, something that we choose to do starting January 1st, I'm going to go to the gym every day. Ha ha ha. You know, a lot of people have said that over the years, it may last a week, a month, you know, whatever. But the percentage of people who actually follow through with that habit change, um, is very minimal, you know, maybe less than 5%. Who knows? I didn't actually take time to look up statistics, but, um, it's a curious thing, and I and I've given a lot of thought to it over the years. Um, I'd like to think I'm a change agent of sorts, um, because uh, you know you have the old the saying "old habits die hard," and um, I'm very introspective, so I tend to pay attention to habits. Uh, and honestly, there's sometimes where I just don't want to change. You know, like, I like things how they are. Um, But I also am smart enough to recognize that if we truly want to achieve the desires of our heart, um, change is a must. Because if we didn't have to change, we would already have the desires of our heart, wouldn't we? You know, but obviously... Whatever those desires are it could be something simple like a new car. It could be something huge like You know living in a different state or um, You know, oh, I don't know starting an amusement park or theme park or whatever, but um, Think about that idea for a moment that if change was not required We would already have what we desire Hey, that rhymes. I should write that down. <laughs> I'm working on this book of my photographs and quotes. It's like a gift book kind of thing. I might have to add that one to it. But um, anyway, you'll find out more about that if you take the gift, the gift book design training that starts on Wednesday. Um, but anyway, uh, it, it's actually a, a big deal. You know, and so for us to really achieve what we want to achieve with our lives It's always going to require change and to me that's exciting um, because what I found is that The more proactive we can be toward change um, Ultimately the further we get along, you know down the road so to speak toward our goals but um, sometimes I think we all get to the place where it's like, you know, I just want to rest for a minute. You know, I'm tired of all the change. I'm tired of having to go through everything or deal with this or go through that. When what we actually don't realize is that very often the change that we have to face is our own fault, you know, and it's not positive change. It's kind of like, um, this is an extremely paraphrased uh example from scripture but you know the story where it talks about how the still small voice came you know and then uh it came as like a wind and then an earthquake and like it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger um and very often our life is like that like we get these little inklings of change it could be you know that inner voice, our gut feeling, you know, our subconscious, however you want to refer to it, our higher self, um, says you should do this, you know, because we have our heart's desires, you know, hopefully we all have that heart's desires, whatever that looks like, an awesome relationship, um, a successful business, you know, I mean, it could be anything. It's going to be different for every person. And so we have this this desire and very often it's deep seated. So, you know, it's something that we really want to accomplish. And so the universe is like, hell, yeah, we're going to make this happen. And so we get these little like thoughts that come into our mind or just it might be a fleeting kind of thing or at least appear to be. And we ignore it. You know, or maybe there's something that we're doing that's detrimental to the vision or detrimental to our health or detrimental to a relationship or something. It's not a big deal. We could call it self sabotage. Okay, and more on that in a minute. Um, but we ignore it. You know, it's like, do you really think that's smart to do? And we're like, ah, oh, it's fine, you know, whatever. Um, you know, it's like, you know Doing this repeating pattern in your life isn't going to get you to where you want to be. Maybe it should change. I kind of like it like this. You know, I don't feel like change. So we're constantly getting feedback. We're constantly getting input from wherever. You know, from God, from ourselves, from our wives (laughs) or spouses or family members or whatever. And it's our choice whether to embrace it or not embrace it what i found in my own personal experience is that it's really prudent of us to pay attention to what's going on a lot of people do not pay attention these days they're distracted um got their damn face in their phones just annoys the heck out of me if you can't tell um you know or They just don't take time to educate themselves about what they need to know or understand to accomplish what they want to accomplish. You know, they want the perfect relationship, but they're an idiot. You know, it's like you have to become the person that you need to be to attract the mate that you want you have to become the person you need to be to build the business you want. You know, that's one of the big lessons that I learned. I remember, I think I shared here before, um, I think it was Jack Canfield's Success Principles. I was reading that book and um, there were testimonials, just glowing testimonials about Jack and everything. And I remember thinking, man, I'd love for somebody to say that kind of stuff about me. You know, and as soon as that came out of my mouth, And into my thoughts, this other thought came to mind that said, uh, then be like Jack. (laughs) And I'm like, but I'm not Jack. How am I going to be like Jack? And the thought, again, came to me. You have to become the person that you need to be to receive that kind of Um compliment or Testimonial or whatever and that really challenged me because it it forced me to look at okay, so What am I doing that would prevent that kind of feedback? What could I do that would encourage that kind of feedback and so on and so forth so it required change And uh Sometimes we feel like we're clueless like you know it's like well, I'm willing to change, I just don't know what to change and um, I've been there many times uh, it's likely that you have as well, and uh, one of the things that I've learned is uh, to start asking questions you know like if you want change, but change isn't happening and things seem to be coasting along, maybe even smoothly um and perhaps. Especially when things are coasting along smoothly, you know you're not bugging anybody and nobody's bugging you, and life is just going on at an even level pace. that's really the time to start asking yourself what the hell's going on here? You know normally we would we ask a question like that when life is a turmoil. Why is this happening to me? What's going on? But for me, it's more important to ask that question when everything is going perfectly well, because chances are likely life has changed. So chances are likely there's something that we're missing. And so the best way to get to the answer of that, you know, to the things that we are unaware of is to ask questions. What's going on? Why is this? You know, am I I I don't ask questions like, why is this happening to me? To me, that's a stupid question. Um, it's very self-focused and self-centered. Um, but a better question, you know, in those times is, uh, am I doing everything that I need to do to get me to where I want to be? Are there, um, ideas, people, uh, whatever, fill in the blank that I need to know, need to be aware of to get me to where I want to be? Are there relationships that I need to build that will get me to where I want to be? Are there things within me that needs to change in a positive way to get me where I need to be? And I'm just talking about me, okay? I mean, we are most familiar with ourselves. It's very easy to look at that from the outside and say, well, that's very self-serving. And in some respects it is because I'm trying to be the best version of myself that I can be. So... If I'm not going to change myself, but rather expect that everyone else needs to change which that was Me 15 years ago, you know, you're crazy. I'm fine You know, it's I'm sure it's just how you're seeing things, you know, always shift the blame on somebody else uh, rather than take responsibility and see there is the magic word when you really get down to change It's taking responsibility for our own actions, for our destiny, for the choices that we make, the decisions that we make. Taking responsibility is a tough one at times because it means that we actually have to have our head in the game. We actually have to step up. We actually have to accept the fact that we may not be perfect or that we have made wrong choices. But not get hung up on the fact that, oh, my God, I made a wrong choice, but rather, okay, I made this choice. I take responsibility for it. Now, how can I reverse it? How can I move past this? What who do I need to be to accomplish X? You know, Um, and that's where I see change is extremely powerful and uh, is in that proactive state. Of change in other words rather than waiting for change to be forced upon you which it will happen you know whisper wind storm you know whatever force will be changed upon you like why wait until change is forced upon you why not go proactive with it you know it's kind of like preventative health you know we wait till we have an issue then we go to the doctor you know, and leading up to that time, we eat like hell, you know, knowing that, you know, if I eat five pounds of chocolate a day, eventually something is going to hit the fan. Um, and I'm just using an extreme example. But what would happen if all of this went proactive one change? It's like, you know what? Tony's right. There's this thing that's been going on here. Obviously, you know, my business is kind of not where I'd love it to be, you know, kind of sucking right now, or I have this other thing going on, um, and, uh, live life on autopilot, thinking that everything will be fine. You know, if I just leave well enough alone, it'll all work out. It's not going to work out. Hate to tell you, (laughs) you can't autopilot life. It just doesn't work that way. And so many people live their lives that way, you know, unfortunately. And, um, you know, sometimes we don't embrace change because we're lazy. I mean, that's reality right there. You know, we just don't want to. I don't feel like it. You know, I kind of like life the way it is right now. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with being content and happy that anything is, you know, nothing could be further from the truth, but it's whenever we're gliding and fall into, uh, the status quo, you know, just minding my own business, gliding through life. You know, I personally, I refer to folks like that as sheeple, you know, they just are guided by whatever the loudest voice is. you know, as long as you're feeding me, we're good. And unfortunately, I think there's too many people in that space these days um, for one reason or another, but we really have to assess, like, if things aren't happening the way you expect them to happen in any area of your life, it's time to explore why is that the case? And then whenever the answer comes, do something about it you know, make the change. It's not to say that you're going to get everything that you ever wanted, but there's no reason why you can't. Um, but I can guarantee you if you don't take action and you don't make changes, it will not happen. It's kind of like the lottery, you know, the lottery can be $300 million and that's awesome and exciting, which it isn't currently. I, I think it's, I don't even know what it is. I don't, I don't even pay attention to the lottery until it's over 300 million. But anyway, if you don't go buy the ticket, you have 100% chance of not winning, (laughs) you know, and change is the same way. You know, if you choose to not change, you have 100% guarantee that you will not accomplish what you want because everything requires change. And in most cases, I hate to tell you but that change comes down to you you're the one who has the change it's not circumstances it's not other people even if it is other people ultimately you're the one that has to change because we don't have the power to or the right in my opinion to try to change other people you know Blaming others for failure or misery or whatever is just being, you know, looking for a scapegoat and not taking responsibility for your own actions. And I know that that's a hard statement, but it's reality. You know, the moment you start blaming other people, you know, blaming God, well, I'm just praying for God's will. No, you're not. You're lazy. You don't want to take action, so you're putting it off on God. You know, well, you don't understand my situation, my wife, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, don't buy it. You know, maybe your wife is blah, 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 but it's still up to you to, to make changes. Uh, and you can't live your wife's life. That's her responsibility. You can encourage her, and I'm just randomly picking scenarios, but you can encourage other people, but it's not your job to change them. You know, well, my kid is, you know, acting like an idiot and he turned 16 and he's rebellious and whatever time to take a look at yourself. You know, I tend to look at things these days. I haven't always, um, but I look at at things that are going on these days, uh, as mirrors, like if they directly impact me and they involve other people or circumstances or whatever, I, I don't like to, (laughs) but I feel like being responsible means looking at these scenarios as a mirror. You know, do I see myself in this situation? And it's not like I take responsibility for everyone else's actions because we're each our own unique individual people. And it's not my job to fix you or anyone else and so people are going to make choices we're dealing with some employee issues right now and You know people make choices Um, and sometimes they're stupid choices and sometimes uh, We make those stupid choices because we're afraid, you know, we're afraid of actually succeeding We're afraid of no longer having an excuse that we can use as a crutch. We're afraid of the unknown. You know, well, if I change, I've never been in that spot before, so I'm not going to know what to do. And then I'm going to feel stupid or feel, you know, unsure and nervous and anxious and everything else. And I don't like feeling anxious or fearful or anything, so I'd rather just not make those changes. So Then we become a slave To Normal whatever the hell normal even means You know, we become a slave to those feelings, you know, that kind of snap us back into place Maybe it's fight-or-flight. I don't know. I haven't really decided yet, but it's kind of like that Um, to me perhaps what we need in this day and age and I'm literally just talking out of whatever's popping into my head in the moment so nothing is prepared so if it seems a little haphazard and random I apologize but I'm just saying it as it comes to my head so perhaps what we really all need in this day and age in 2019 moving forward is a healthy dose of courage you know, where we look at things that we know we need to change, or we look at something that's stagnant, we don't understand why. Um, you know, or we want to make something new happen in our lives that we've not experienced before. And it takes courage to do those things. You know, and courage is a word you actually don't hear much about anymore unless you know, a fireman runs into a burning building and rescues, you know, another person or a dog or whatever, you know, we say that they're courageous and they certainly are. Or we look at our military and how they put their lives out on the line for their country. And that's certainly courageous, you know, but all of us really need courage in our lives every single day. Um, Because the reality is that I can't just speak for myself in this, but there's some people who really living every day absolutely requires courage because the circumstances that they're in, or maybe there's health conditions or whatever. And I don't want to disparage any of that. I mean, there are folks who face real serious circumstances that require more courage than perhaps what others of us Um, you know, are facing in life right now. And so it'd be real easy to quit. It'd be real easy to just say, screw it, you know, it's not worth it. But what I've found is that when we allow courage to define who we are and what we want to accomplish, uh, and sometimes it may not even feel like we're being courageous, but yet to somebody else who's unwilling to take that step. We are, you know, Um, so to me, courage and change go hand in hand, and we have to keep making those choices. Keep seeing these C words, courage, change, choice, um, chocolate. (laughs) To me, chocolate predicates every courageous choice of change. Um sorry, I'm just being silly. But um I I guess the question that I ask myself and a good question for everyone really to ponder is not it's not how can we change for the sake of change? Like I'm not saying we just need to well, I'm going to do something different. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about pattern interrupts and that's certainly change and, um, it can bring positive effects, but like, I don't want to just change for change sake. I want to make sure that however I change, it moves me forward in my goals. And, uh, I've, I've shared this concept before and, and it just came to mind to share it again. And that is that how I tend to see things these days, and I haven't always, is that I've accepted the fact that my life, whatever it is, whatever it means, whatever it's meant to accomplish, for however long I'm on this planet,
1: already exists in complete form.
0: It's already done. Um... And I mean, if you really get into studying time and all of that, it's a very, it's very easy to see how that's actually the case. But, um, so if it's complete and if it already exists in complete form, then my job becomes to discover the right steps to take, to step into that completeness. There's another C word, completeness.
1: Um, and so the question then becomes,
0: what's my next step? And that's a question that I literally ask every day. You know, so what's what's my next step? What do I need to do next? What do I need to focus on next? You know, and it's not that I'm un, uh, not that I'm not, Taking in the moment. I believe we need to live in the moment, which is, you know, a fairly recent concept to me. Um, recent meaning within the last seven years. Um, because before that, I always looked forward to the future, you know, like what's next, what's next, what's next from that perspective of not enjoying what's happening now. Um, and so I was missing out on a lot because. The clues to the future are happening now, and if you're constantly looking to the future, you're missing the clues to get you to your future. Does that make sense? So, like, instead of being just solely future-minded, or you know, be stuck in the past, like my father was, um, rather than paying attention now, now is where the clues are. Another C word. Now is now is where the clues are. For what's next. You know, if you're waiting for some future revelation to help you accomplish whatever it is you want to accomplish, you're missing the boat here. Because the answer isn't in the future, the future already exists. The answer is right now. You know, change happens now, the moment you choose it.
1: And so, What
0: that does for us is it actually makes change a lot easier um, from my perspective because then um, we simply need to be aware of what's going on around us which um, in some cases we just aren't. But aware of what's going on around us and then using that to fuel the questions that will ultimately move us forward into where we're supposed to be. So, and that includes anything. It could be relationships, it could be finances, it could be businesses, it could be where we live, um, who we interact with. I mean, it could be anything like that. And so uh, what starts happening is that whenever we begin to ask those questions, and You know, we're asking questions because we don't know the answers and sometimes we don't even know like You don't know what you don't know You know Very often we all face that at one time or another Um, You don't know what you don't know but questions and maybe I'm answering your question now Liz. (laughs) Questions are what get us there questions are what move us beyond being clueless not knowing what we don't know to facing a direction where we can be curious about um, what that answer may be. Like, how did I miss that, you know? I mean, how many times have you thought that in whatever situation? How could I miss that, you know? You weren't paying attention to it. It's kind of like driving down the road and you get lost in your thoughts and then you come out of that and all of a sudden you have no idea where the heck you are. I don't know if you've ever had that happen before, but I certainly have. Um, And that's certainly a type of change. That's an autopilot kind of change. That's not what I'm advocating here. Um, And so whenever we really pay attention to now, pay attention in the moment and listen for the voice, listen for the answers, looking around uh, life, you know, you know, sometimes interesting things will happen, um, you know, where we're going about our day, mining our own business, and, you know, you check out at Target, and the checkout amount is $44.44. You know, and are like, well, that's interesting, four numbers in a row, and you just kind of blow it off. You know, and then you look up your bank balance and it's, you know, $4,444 and change. Like, okay, so what's going on here? Well, that's their signs, their signposts. We're literally surrounded by them. We're literally getting feedback constantly. But if we're not paying attention in the moment, we'll miss it. You know, research can help with that sometimes, depending on the kind of thing that you're you know, looking for answers for, um, you know, and it even can be something silly like a hobby, you know, um, yesterday I got, I bought a metal detector and those of you who saw my Facebook post about that, um, whenever I was 14, my great uncle introduced me to metal detecting and I thought it was the best thing in the world. And, uh, (laughs) He had an old coin master thing and showed me how to use it. And uh I never really found anything <laughs> much. I found a Buffalo head nickel next to my grandmother's house and, you know, a couple other things like nails and stuff. But never anything of significance as far as recovered treasure. Um But what I did discover with it was um, curiosity. I discovered, um, that I loved history, um, research, you know, all of those kinds of things came from those experiences with him. And my great uncle really didn't have much. They lived in this tiny little house. It kind of looked like a bit of a dump. It's my grandmother's brother. Um, but they lived across the ho- uh, across the street from me and, um, Mildred and junior bum <laughs> good West Virginia family name. Um, but they didn't have much kind of backwards, it, you know, back Hills kind of folks, you know, so missing like their front teeth and all that. Um, that's my heritage, <laughs> <You know? laughs> the back the back hills of West Virginia and all the uh, images that that conjures up, but he made time for me and introduced me to something. And so it's funny, you know, ever since then, ever since I was 14, I always wanted to get a metal detector and just never did. Don't even know why. I mean, Yeah, I've made millions of dollars. (laughs) I certainly could afford the best of the best. And I just never bought one. And it was curious to me why I never took that step. I mean, this is something simple, a hobby. You know, I have this bad tendency to turn hobbies into businesses. um, But I'm not planning on teaching one treasure hunting. So don't get your hopes up. Um, But who knows? Uh, and so finally, I just pulled the trigger, you know, and I bought this metal detector was used like one time. dude lost his keys in a field <laughs> and had to find them, and he finally did, like to me, I don't know why you go out and buy a you know three hundred dollar metal detector just to find your keys in the field, but anyway, um, so I used it that one time, and it's a it's a decent one, I mean it's certainly not high end super high end um but I wanted to get it partly because it's good to refamiliarize myself with, certainly. And you know, uh, you can buy them new, I think, these days for like two hundred
1: fifty bucks. But
0: I've never used this particular brand before. You know, so I know how to turn it on, and I know a little bit about, you know changing discrimination and all that kind of stuff so that you're not you know finding pull tabs all freaking day and those kinds of things um but you know I could like do uh like a lot of men often do and just say I can figure this out I'm not going to read the instructions or whatever and uh just leave it to chance that I actually get it right when in reality chances are that I'll get maybe minimal performance out of it. Just me trying to figure it out because I have some knowledge, quote unquote. Or I could go to the Garrett website, download the manual and actually read it. Um, and that requires me to change my knowledge. It requires change. So do I just play it lazy thinking I can figure it out? Or do I just sidestep all of that crazy? And another interesting C word in today's discussion. um, Do I just sidestep the crazy and actually be deliberate about my change? So that's the step that I took. I downloaded the manual, printed it out. I've started reading through it and I'm like, oh, okay. That's what that button does. And so chances are likely that my experience with this metal detector is going to be better um you know once weather allows me to actually use it than what it would be if i decided that i can figure this out on my own i'm a smart guy you know i have a genius level iq none of that means anything um but think about it now think about the story from an analogy perspective don't we often probably guys more than gals just to be Really honest about it, but don't we often go through life that way. It's like, Oh, I got this. I can figure this out. How hard could it be? Whatever. Um, you want to know how good you are at figuring stuff out. Take a look at where you are right now. You know, there's cold water in your face, sort of, kind of. It's like, well, I think I'm being really successful in my business. Awesome. What's your bank account look like? How much money did you make last year? You know, all of those kinds of questions. You think you're a likable guy or a likable gal How's those relationships going? You know, I mean, those are the kind of questions that we have to really face, you know, after my divorce, I dated a lot of different women before Kristen.
1: And, um,
0: there were a lot of interesting issues that presented themselves (laughs) in those relationships. I'm choosing my words very very carefully Um, uh, There was definitely some crazy Okay, but what I realized in looking at the crazy Was that I was just as crazy as they were because I, I noticed that I was driven By this need I needed to have companionship. I needed to have somebody in my life and so I just went with it, you know And I kept repeating this pattern over and over and over and over again. I've shared some of this before, um, until finally, you know, I put on the brakes and said, what am I doing? Why am I repeating this pattern? You know? And so I stopped and said, you know what? I think I'm done. I think I'm done dating. I'm over it. Um, I have a lot of amazing friends. Um, who are female that, you know, were just friends. I have terrific family. You know, I actually had everything that I need in life in the form of friendships and companionship and all of that already existing in my life. I just didn't recognize it. I was constantly looking into the future, looking for that perfect person. And I mean, I had the laundry list, you know, of what I was looking for, and I really came to the conclusion that it wasn't possible to achieve that, that, um, you know, I thought I was missing something. And in reality, I already had it. I just didn't recognize it. And so I said, fine, I'm done. And I felt really good about that. And then, as you know, two weeks later, Kristen and I started dating and uh, I was very (laughs) resistant very resistant um and i was like um sorry but i just came to this conclusion and so it's cool that we're hanging out and enjoying each other and all of that but i was just really you know very much in a pushback kind of state at first i just wouldn't let her in um because i was protecting a decision that i had made And in reality, you know, on the other side of that decision, what I realize now is that she and I couldn't come together until I made that decision. (laughs) So I was actually the one who was standing in the way of progress because I was making wrong choices, you know, um, because I thought I had this need that had to be fulfilled when in reality I didn't. You know, I didn't start dating Kristen or get together with Kristen because she filled a need in me. Um, that would have been the worst possible reason for us to get together. But, you know, it just so happened that we were supposed to be together. And, uh, since then, I mean, we've both been great mirrors for each other and we both changed in some really awesome ways, but, uh, and so those changes wouldn't have happened without each other, but all of that rambling to say, we need to. Recognize where we are. We have to be brutally honest with ourselves and Whenever we're doing things that we shouldn't be doing, you know, and we know what they are You have to ask why Um, And chances are likely that we are perhaps subconsciously Sabotaging ourselves because maybe we're Actually afraid of being happy maybe We're concerned that we might actually get what we desire and then what you know, um, I remember and again, this is a story I've shared before but um, Whenever I lived in New Jersey I managed a printing company there and um, I had had this flash of a vision where I saw myself Um, I saw this building and on one side was publishing and the other side was like audio video production and then um, I just knew that I was supposed to get into publishing Uh, I mean I managed a printing company and we did publish some books, but we mostly You know produced all kinds of other things. Um like for Like the local medical center atlantic city medical center was a customer several casinos were customers. And so we produced a lot of forms and different things like that. And so I had received this card in the mail one day from this company called companion press. I got it at work
1: and it was a publishing company,
0: um, a Christian publishing company at that. And it was, 10 miles, 15 miles from my hometown. And it's like, I didn't even know there was a publishing company there. So I went up and checked it out. And long story short, I ended up knowing like half of the people who owned the company. Um, and leading up until that time, I made a list of change that I wanted to see in our family. And I was pretty detailed at the time. You know, Courtney had been born, well, both girls, but Courtney had been born with a kidney condition, um, failed surgery, all that kind of stuff. Very poor prognosis. And, um, I just wasn't having it, you know, I didn't care what the doctor said. I just wasn't having it, you know, one way or another, she was going to be fine. But I wanted to get into publishing. I wanted us to have our own house. And I mean, I described all of this stuff in a list, you know, um, healthy children and Courtney to give a clean, be given a clean bill of health, all this stuff that seemed to be impossible. Uh, and we certainly weren't walking in it then. Um, so it was, if anything, it was a list of change. And, uh, I remember after moving back to Pennsylvania, um, walking into Walmart one day, it suddenly hit me that every single thing on that list had happened. I was working for a Christian publishing company as a book designer, living in a three-bedroom rancher that we built. Courtney had been given a miraculous clean bill of health, which they said was impossible. And the doctors listed it as a miracle. Um, everything that was on the list happened.
1: And it hit me
0: so hard that I had accomplished everything that I went into a depression, <laughs> which seems like the stupidest, Dumbass move ever, <laughs> you know, it's like you just got everything impossible stuff that manifested in your life and To celebrate we're gonna go into depression But I did that's exactly what happened and um, I remember uh, My first wife saying why don't you just make a new list? <laughs> Which never honestly occurred to me. I don't know why but
1: um I didn't for
0: years. And I think the reason why, looking back at it in hindsight, is because what if I made a second list and it didn't all happen? What would that mean? So I was kind of afraid of change in some respects, even though I had seen these miracles happen, really, that I couldn't have made happen if I had to but yet they did. Um, and, uh, and you know, this is before I ever had my own business or anything like that. I mean, that's back, back in the days when I was, you know, just working as a book designer and stuff. Um, like cause we moved in to Pennsylvania in 1993. And so by 1995, I would have made that list in '92, and by '95 it was all complete. So three years. Um, but I didn't start my own business until 2000, and I didn't start teaching online until 2006. So you know, there's some big gaps of time and growth <laughs> in in between those two. But the idea of making a list like that was just weird to me to make a second list now later on i did make a list and i made a list for you know who i'd want as a spouse if i ever married again this is after my divorce you know not so much the house thing i at that time i really didn't care i was traveling a lot so i didn't really care um uh and so it wasn't so much stuff driven uh it still isn't really, but, uh, as much as it was, you know, relationship and business related, those were my lists. And the funny thing about those was that for all intents and purposes, I got to a point, um, cause they were separate lists. I got to a point where I felt like I needed to accept defeat. Like where I had to come to the place where it just wasn't going to happen. And I accepted that fact. And then it happened. <laughs> you know, it happened with the relationships. It happened with the, my business. Um, and my business is still growing and changing constantly. Um, you, well, you guys know, you know like what internet marketer in the right mind opens up to retail spaces, you know, I mean, it's been awesome, but it's, it's definitely not the same kind of business. I'll tell you what. Um, but so there's this constant change that's happening. And so now through all of that, I've just learned that, you know what, change is cool. Um, it's not always easy. Um, but it requires us to live in the moment it requires us to be brutally honest with ourselves and even though we're talking about change for ourselves it requires us to be courageous and selfless you know change self-serving change to me isn't really change and i mean self-serving in a negative way you know, but whenever you start making change that benefits you and others, um, to me, that's where it's at. I mean, you know, and here's a good example, and it, I don't know how it's going to sound when it comes out, but it just what popped into my head. Kristen and I have done really well in our online businesses, and we're grateful for our customers and the things that we've gotten wisdom and insight to create and all of that. I'm constantly asked, where in the world do you get all these ideas all the time? Um, I ask questions. What's next? (laughs) That's the big secret. But, you know, we didn't have to open those retail stores. You know, I mean, it cost us now probably close to $300,000 in the last year plus to do that. We didn't have to do that. We could have just spent it on ourselves and traveled all over and had nice vacations and just spend time being a couple and all of that. But, you know, who does that help? And so to me, rather than, you know, flying all over the world and taking these awesome trips or whatever, I could really care less about that stuff. I would rather create jobs. I would rather create destinations that will positively affect people, you know? I mean, think about it. We have two toy stores, different age groups, but those children that are being impacted by our stores now are gonna grow up and they're gonna have children. So imagine the opportunity that we have to positively affect change, you know, in a future generation, that's worth to me a hell of a lot more than, you know, two weeks in Hawaii <laughs> or whatever. It's like, yay, yeah, I get to go to Hawaii for two weeks and then I come back or, you know, I could take that several thousand dollars and invest it in an inventory that is going to help a special needs child perhaps grow. Uh, to a place where they can, um, you know, take on life in a whole new way. That's not even a discussion for me. That's like, hands down, this is what we're doing. And to me, that is really the beautiful part of change. When you separate the fear and you separate the unknown and you separate the laziness or the unwillingness to change ourselves, when you pull all of that out and just kind of set it aside and say, what's the real
1: benefit here for change? The real
0: benefit is how we impact those around us by becoming the best version of ourselves that we can be by owning the best version of our business that we can own by creating the best possible products that we can create whenever we recognize that the purpose of change is for that that's when life becomes really rewarding and fun as hell You know, we have a blast. I'm not in our stores every day. I'm there like once a week, maybe. Um, Kristen is there much, much more than me, probably four days a week at least. Um, And we've had to really structure our businesses in some very interesting ways um, over the last couple months just to make this vision that we've been given um, work in the most efficient way possible, which meant we both had to change our businesses. Pretty radically in some respects. Uh, some of it you won't, ev- you will never notice. Okay, um, but just how we had to handle it means that we don't see each other as often, which kind of sucks. Um, but to to me and to her, doing whatever it takes and embracing the change necessary to do that is much, much more important. In the long term, than uh, our own selfish needs or desires. And so, do we have it all figured out yet? Hell, no. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> I mean, that's why change is so important because we're having to freaking change every day. But whenever you take the sting out of change, which really is just our own invention, you know, change being hard, it's just something we've made up in our minds um because in reality we change every day you know even if we do nothing we change um to a certain extent it's whenever you go proactive that it really matters most um and so we're still figuring it out you know and we're still presented with challenges that are going to require us to make some changes that perhaps are uncomfortable or we don't really want to or whatever but Do we want the end result from the change if we make it? Yeah, we do. So you can't have it both ways. You can't have the end result if you're unwilling to make the change required to get the end result. And so I guess my lesson in all of this hour long rambling is that change is awesome, you know, and the more you resist it, uh, when you notice that resistance it's time to start asking the questions. You know, why am I so resistant to this? Why is this such a big deal? You know, I shared a story a couple of weeks ago or whenever about how there were several tasks that I needed to accomplish. This is like 12 years ago and I needed to accomplish them and I was put them off, put them off, put them off. And a friend of mine, one of my early mentors was talking with me about it and he's like, well, sounds like a lot of work that you have to do, you know, cause you know, I know you've been struggling with this stuff for a long time and I'm like, yeah, I have. And he's like, well, if you really like just were able to, to just block out some time so that you could focus on this and get it done. So it wouldn't be hanging over your head any longer how long do you think it would take you? And I'm like, oh gosh, I don't know. You know, I started thinking about it and, you know, not realizing I was being set up of course, but you know, he was much smarter than I was. Um, You know, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, gosh, I don't know, at least probably, well, let's see. Uh, I was six hours. And as soon as it came out of my mouth, six hours, I knew I was done because, (laughs) I had been putting this stuff off for months and months and was just unwilling to make that change, you know? And I don't know why it was just like, I, I guess I didn't want to accept responsibility. I, you know, I just, I guess that's what it was, but it was like the perfect setup and I just fell for it. Um, but as soon as the light was shined on it and I was out it was out in the open, then I had to take responsibility then I had to step up and take the changes and make you know the necessary actions to Get this stuff done and you know what once it was done, it was no longer hanging over me You know it was gone The sting of it all was gone now it was in the past and the past is the past and so um, I think sometimes we exert, I'm going to wrap up with this and then take some comments and questions. We exert so much energy trying to protect what shouldn't be protected that we have no energy to actually accomplish
1: what we should be accomplishing. (coughs) And I
0: want you to think about that one. Protect the hurt, protect the unforgiveness, protect the fear, protect all of that crazy To the point where we have no energy left to positively affect anything To accomplish anything Or at the very minimum just a tiny little bit compared to how much more could we get done in life? if we actually didn't have to exhaust so much energy Protecting all of this stuff that shouldn't even be protected, you know Well, he pissed me off 20 years ago, and I haven't talked to him since So there you've just spent some of your energy Well, I've always wanted to do this, but I never thought I had the Skills to do it. So I just keep putting it off, but it don't go away, but I just can't there. You're spending your energy You know As opposed to yes book number 15 is finished next (laughs) you know just get it done that's why my word for this year uh, 2019 is finish because you know I'm guilty of that just like you are I get a lot done I mean I created 24 courses last year so you can call me an overachiever I guess perhaps in some respects but yet I have other projects that are unfinished And I really want them to be finished, but I haven't finished them. So why? I mean, that's a question I had asked myself. So why Didn't you finish that project? What's the real reason? What are you afraid of? And you know what what I discovered was that in almost every case it came down to me being afraid of um, Being accountable for it. What if it fails? You know something stupid like that. So here I am, you know, really successful in some areas and in other areas, I'm failing like an idiot. And, uh, so that was the conclusion of my several weeks of pondering and reflecting and asking questions. And so it's motivated me to make changes necessary. And I've already started taking those changes. Um, like even yesterday, you know, there were some tasks that I needed to accomplish. I didn't feel like it. I didn't want to. Um, I wasn't even sure how to, 100%. But you know what? They got done. They're done. I don't have to do them now. And it feels pretty good, honestly. So that's going to be my year. I have no idea what the year is going to look like for me business-wise other than the fact that it's going to get done. (laughs) It's going to get finished. As far as teaching and all of that, I mean, I think we're kicking off the year with a real fun topic, gift books. Um, I'm really super excited about it. Um, But after that, well, I have five or six things already planned. But, um, you know, what that's going to look like later in the year, who knows? I guess we'll get to find out together. So let me take some comments and questions here real quick, and then we'll wrap this up. Liz says, uh, you are a change agent for so many people, just look at your following. I guess that's true. Um, I just want I, I could definitely see that and I I accept that and embrace that. But I just want you to know that it's a constant thing for me too. Like I get it. You know, because um, uh, you know, I'd love to say that I awake every morning and you know, bluebirds are singing and you know, unicorns are trotting through our house, you know, singing, and fairies are sprinkling pixie dust all over, and everybody's happy, and you can hear angels and stuff. But most, I mean, there are some mornings where I wake up, and the first word out of my mouth is, damn it, <laughs> you know, time to get up. Like, you don't even hardly know where the heck you are. I mean, this morning was kind of one of those days, my mom showed up, and I was like, cooking food which is probably a dangerous thing given the state of mind i was in but i was like well you know just kind of why am i here so yeah exactly it says uh the change one needs to make especially if you don't recognize it at first then more incidents will occur where you make the change and those incidents Incidents get bigger and bigger and bigger until you make the change. Yeah, I mean, the pressure mounts. I mean, imagine how easy it would be if you made the change the very first time you heard of it, <laughs> you know, instead of, you know, being, you know, down to the point where you're down for the count and, you know, a 500 pound dude setting on you and somebody else is threatening your life and are like, you need to change. You're like, fine, I'll change. You know, man, that's so much harder than just saying, oh, hmm, yeah, I can see that. Okay. You know, just make the choice.
1: <laughs> Mark
0: says, I find myself asking the question, what the hell have I done now? Um, I can relate to that. There was a period of time, um, one of the most curious decisions I ever made in my life uh was when I was married to my first wife and, and I actually started become a, awa- becoming aware of the fact that perhaps some of the stuff going on was my fault. <laughs> you know, before then I was probably pretty much a hardcore narcissist, but, um, you know, so I actually gave her permission to, um, to point out to me when she saw things that were contrary to you know, to the betterment of our relationship and all of that. And I'm not encouraging anybody to do that, by the way, that sucked. Um, because it was like, it got to the point where it was like exactly what Mark said. What the hell have I done now? It's like, Hey, we need to talk. And I'm like, shit, what did I do now? Like, am I getting anything right at all? Or is it all just bad? Like, I mean, that's where I was, uh, you know, again, 15 years ago or so. But um, I get it. I understand it. Fortunately, I'm asking that particular question much less now. (laughs) Uh, Liz says, The Book of Beautiful Questions by Warren Berger and how to get from where you are to where you want to be by j abraham yeah i read the last one but the first one i haven't thanks for sharing those and uh, jess says oh i have heard that so much it's god's plans this is what he has given me i am stunned by how much i hear that yeah um and to me and I feel I'm somewhat qualified to talk on this, being a former pastor of a church. Um, it's escapism, you know. I mean, I I think I shared before. I've called people out on it, you know. It's like, oh God, give us a passion for the lost and blah blah blah, you know. And it's like, you know, show us your will. <laughs> And I remember literally stopping a prayer meeting one, t- one night and saying, so what you're saying here, if I understand correctly, is that you're asking God to force his will on yours because you're unwilling to do what he's already told you to do. Am I correct there? Because that's what it sounds like, <laughs> you know, which is probably why um, I ultimately ended up leaving that place because I was very much <laughs> direct. I guess you could say I was very direct. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, to me, it's a cop-out. You know, well, I need to pray about it. No, you don't. Make a damn decision. You know, like if you're really tuned in to God the way you say you are, he's already telling you. You already know. But what happens is we get the instant answer. And then we second guess it. Well, I don't know if that's God or not. Like to me, make a decision. This is how I work. Make a decision. And if it turns out to be the wrong decision, make a different one. (laughs) I mean, how hard is that? You know, it's like when my girls were little, we go to McDonald's, you know, on occasion. And it's like, okay, what do you guys want? And they're freaking sitting there for five minutes. It's like they sell burgers, you know, and fries and drinks. Like, how hard is it to choose? Well, you know, oh, yeah, there are chicken nuggets, you know, pick. You have the damn mem- uh, menu memorized. So pick something. Drives me crazy. Indecision drives me crazy, by the way. It's a pet peeve. Um, <laughs> can't tell. But we often sef- second guess ourselves because we don't trust ourselves. We, um, we haven't actually spent time developing that self-love self-worth, those kinds of things. And so because we see ourselves as untrustworthy, or, you know, we could get it wrong, and we give into that fear, we don't want to look like the bad guy. I mean, nobody wants to look like the bad guy. So we pawn it off. It's like, well, if this had happened, I would have been able to do X. Or, well, I'm not sure if that's God's will or not. Or, you know, well, I was going to do it, but then so-and-so showed up and then blah, 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 you know, whatever. So we make excuses um, uh, for inaction or for making the changes or choices that we need to make. Um, So imagine what life would be if you just bypass all of that and say, you know what, thanks for putting that out. From now on, I'm going to choose this and just get on with it. I mean, how awesome would that be? I
1: think, I think it's awesome way to live.
0: Um, Liz says, I guess that one needs to overcome both fear of success and fear of failure, which is the greater of the two fears. Do you think, um, I think that varies person to person. Honestly, fear of failure is a tough one because we're programmed with fear. Um, in case you weren't aware, I just watched the news. Um, We are programmed by fear from the government. We are programmed by with fear by the church Um, you better be careful how you live because you might go to hell right so we're programmed by uh, with
1: fear with everyone You know If you
0: don't get your homework done, you're going to be grounded You know wait till your father gets home. I got that one a lot Which I deserve to get that one a lot probably (laughs) but still You know Uh, Here's the thing and I think this comment could be very liberating for some of you When you're not embracing fear you're uncontrollable Which means you can accomplish anything you put your mind to The government and the church do not want people living their lives that way Because when somebody is awake And knows what they want from life. You can't control them And if you can't control them guess what gets lost Power money, you know all of those kinds of things which they want So the quicker you can figure this stuff out and start making those changes the quicker humanity as a whole grows and evolves which is awesome and the quicker the the powers that think they be, um, they lose their control that much faster. Like you can't have positive change and control in the same sentence. They don't work. You know, control works when people don't change. Whenever they just blindly believe what they're told. Um, In case you haven't noticed, I'm not a big fan of that.
1: So There are some things that are always going to
0: be beyond our control and I you know, I am Cautiously accept that perhaps but um, There's a lot that I can change especially with me personally That's the one thing nobody can own you you can Change everything about you that you want Maybe not everyone else, but you can change yourself and your circumstances. That's for damn sure Mark says, I've never understood giving up your options by not taking all the responsibility. If you say, I can't, or there is nothing I can do, you are surrendering before you even start. Exactly. The statement, it's all on me, gives you phenomenal power to change things as you see it, uh, as you see fit to the best of your ability. Why on earth would you want to give that power away? Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly a great question. I mean, like, you know, the story I was sharing earlier when, you know, my dad and my grandfather and all of them died, like, that's beyond my control and there's nothing I can do to help that, you know, and so that's change that's essentially forced upon you that you don't want because who wants to, you know, well, I guess I can't quite word it that way, but, you know, losing a parent or a grandparent can be a, a very big deal. You know, especially when you've watched them suffer and all of that it can be a relief, but there's still the element of missing them and everything, which ultimately is selfish, of course. But um it still requires change. And I mean my dad's been gone for 10 years, I still miss him. You know, I mean it's not like it was 10 years ago, of course, but um I still miss him, but uh even though like that change was beyond my control and going through the grief from that change was beyond my control i can confidently say that that change still because of how i embraced it ultimately still worked positive effects in my life which is awesome or we could just bury it all and not deal with it and then you know 10 years later figure out try to figure out why we're pissed off at the whole world You know, I'd rather just deal with it
1: when it happens.
0: Jess says your subconscious constantly is working and sometimes you ask a question to yourself on Monday and a week later the answer will come to you uh, on the following Monday or maybe months. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. That's why I ask questions every day. I figure, you know, we we'll just kind of get ahead of the ball. And so as the answers start coming, then awesome.
1: Ann says, treasure hunting equals
0: research equals fun. Yeah, um, I just read a book my daughter got me for um, Christmas about the research side of treasure hunting. And uh It's an awesome book. Um, Like, there's a lot of elements, even though the book's about researching for treasure, uh, which, of course, is a win-win for me. There are a lot of parallels in what he says to many other things, like business. Um, Some of his research methods were a bit new to me, um, which was very interesting. Like, I never really thought of that one before. So I'm like taking notes, not so much to use it for treasure hunting and stuff, which I probably will. But I'm like, oh, this is really good. I could use this on my business and, you know, so on and so forth. So, yeah, good times.
1: Ah, William brings up a really
0: interesting point. He's like, but you are already teaching treasure hunting, Tony. The treasure one can find in the public domain. And as you have taught us, there is certainly a treasure there awaiting. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. I never really thought about it that way, but you're spot on. You know, and the good news is that you don't need a little contraption that beeps whenever you cross it. <laughs> It says it sounds like once you let go of something you're chasing it then it usually shows up That's what I found. Um, it's actually there's actually a principle to it um, About being unattached
1: to outcomes You know like that old uh, song from um, who was it Um, I want to say foreigner, but I don't think it was them
0: maybe but They talked about holding on, hold on loosely, but don't let go. It's kind of how life is or how it should be. You know, you really want it, you know, obviously whatever it is. But yet the more you hold on to that wanting, the more you end up just wanting rather than acquiring. And it sounds really ethereal and weird and everything. But the reality is I've proven it out over and over and over again. The more I take my control off of it and just say, "You know what, somehow or another this is going to work out, and just stay unattached, not detached, but unattached to the outcome, even though I still have a desire, you know, to see it happen, um, somehow it just happens more than not. And I think it's because we tend to get locked into thinking that something needs to happen a certain way. And in reality, the universe has this other plan, this other idea, and so we block that because we expect it's neat. It has to happen this way, and it was actually going to happen another way. And I I mean, it sounds like the weirdest thing. And I'd imagine, you know, mile high view, um, we would perhaps be able to see those connections more clearly, but. You know, all that I can speak from is the result, and I've seen it happen more than not. Uh, Carolyn says, great to hear you again. The holidays sure got me off the path of my goals. Thanks for sending me back on track again. You're welcome. Yeah, I love the holidays because it's a magical time of year. I hate the holidays because it just interrupts everything, <laughs> you know, it's like, let's have five Sundays in a row. It's what it feels like, you know. Um, I I mean, I basically unplugged. I, you probably noticed. Um, I'm mostly unplugged from my business probably the last a solid three weeks, close to four weeks. I mean, I still send out a couple emails, but I really spent that time not goofing off because that's not something I do very often but just really assessing you know um, where I've been where I want to be you know those kinds of things so you know probably another 15 notes now in Evernote <laughs> from that time period
1: Lori says years ago I
0: knew a, a I know um, a person I know told me she was praying for more patience. Yikes. (laughs) All these difficult situations started happening in her life. It took her months to realize her prayers were being answered by the fact she had to be more patient to deal with the situation. She stopped praying for more patience and life calmed down. Yeah, I've heard stories like that too. And uh, yeah, that's that's one prayer
1: I don't know that I would ever pray.
0: Yeah, Margaret says, "Don't allow fear to overcome your faith in God. God created you a free moral agent. Yes, God gave you a choice, life or death, and He gave you a hint: choose life. Absolutely, yeah."
1: And uh, ask
0: uh, Anne says, "What is the name of the book?" I'm not quite sure which book you're referring to, Anne. That's the downside of taking these things out of, uh, (laughs) out of context.
1: 38 special. That's it, Steve. Yes. Thank you. And Mark
0: says being unattached to outcomes is to me the essence of being enlightened. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And Liz
1: says, another awesome webinar, Tony. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Oh, the treasure research book. Um,
0: uh, good question. Um, I'll tell you what, let me let me look it up here real quick. It's such a good book. My sister or my sister my daughter was able to find me such an awesome book that I would enjoy because I made an Amazon wish list that included that book
1: <laughs> Okay
0: I am just gonna copy the whole thing and paste it into the chat area because it's actually a long title and Then for the sake of replays, I'll read what it is um So the book is titled How to Research for Treasure Hunting and Metal Detecting from Lead Generation to Vetting by Otto von Helsing. So that's the book. It's a terrific book. I mean, I just devoured that bad boy (laughs) beginning to end, just really read through it. Um, He talks about deep web research and all kinds of cool things like that. Um, But anyway, I highly recommend it whether you're into treasure hunting or not, it's, it's a
1: fun read. All right.
0: Well, that's all that I have folks. Thank you all very much for your interaction and for humoring me yet again. Um, But we are back on track now for our weekly schedule. So we will return next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern. So enjoy the rest of your week, everyone. And for those of you who are doing the uh, gift book design course with me, Uh, we begin on Wednesday at 2pm, I believe. So I'll see you
1: then.